This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. And brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit Mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Here's what we have going on for today. Grain markets experienced a lot of movement this week. And we talked with PI Financial's Adam Piccolo to break it all down. And two Saskatchewanians are semi-finalists for the Canadian Cattle Young Leaders Program. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Municipal Hail Insurance, farmers insuring farmers. See municipalhail.ca. The grain markets continue to be volatile. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial Adam Piccolo says the ICE Futures November canola contract is up about $30 on the week. When looking at a chart here, if we do hold these gains on the day, uh, we could be breaking higher on some technical trends. So uh, that could be uh, positive for farms that are maybe still looking to sell some old crop or, or protect a new crop. So again, quite a bit of news came out this week with Wednesday Statistics Canada releasing their planted acres report. Uh, they reported Canadian farmers planting more wheat, canola, barley, corn, and soybeans, uh, but fewer acres of oats, lentils, and dry peas. So with the canola seeded acres reported to be higher uh, at approximately 22.1 million acres, uh, you would think that would be a little bit bearish uh, for canola prices kind of going forward. However, I do believe that, you know, we definitely have some dry areas across the prairies. And then as well, too, that's only kind of one factor to watch. So today, here, soybeans, uh, kind of some surprise numbers from the USDA, uh, planted acres were way below expectations, as well as soybean stocks uh, below expectations as well, too. So uh, soybeans uh, were up approximately 80 cents a bushel, uh, kind of here after the report. Uh, that as well, too, is kind of influenced soybean oil breaking higher and soybean meal. So uh, those could definitely be positive factors for canola prices going forward here um, and as well too it's uh, a little bit different of a story on the wheat front though the wheat markets are actually uh, down here uh, slightly on Chicago and Minneapolis uh, the Minneapolis contract is down about 45 cents a bushel uh, here this week probably closer to 50 as we're talking. Um, and that's actually one important thing to note is that uh, these grain markets are, are moving quite a bit today. So uh, by the close, you, you definitely could have some different prices for sure. And you had a little bit of a chance to comb through the USDA report uh, kind of in a summary form. What was it saying? 
So corn acres were way above expectations. So we're seeing again corn down here about 20 cents a bushel. As I mentioned, soybean uh, acres were way below expectations. So why we're seeing them spike here. And, and as well too, uh, wheat acres, uh, just to touch on that, were around the trade expectations. So not too much movement there. Um, in terms of the quarterly stocks, uh, corn and uh, soybeans were lower. Uh, wheat was uh, slightly lower as well too. So traders were more watching the planted acres. And I do believe though that while this USDA report will, will set the tone, I think, kind of a little bit for the grain markets today and going forward, next week, Monday's crop conditions report. Uh, again, it's not a holiday in the States. Uh, the Tuesday is the holiday. So Monday, US markets are still trading. I, I do believe that crop conditions report is something that traders are really going to be watching closely just because in, in certain areas of how dry it really is. All right. And uh, what's the outlook for next week? What are some other things that uh, we should be looking out for? Well, I think, again, one of the biggest things is to see how the canola market will actually respond here if, if beans are going to be going higher. It's, again, breaking higher on the charts here. I've had a lot of clients protect around that 700 level, and we may do another round of, of put options for protection for suitable clients uh, if we do see a little bit more of a spike higher here. As well, too, another factor, I think, for grains, uh, we talked about this last week, is how the U.S. dollar, I think, is kind of maybe looking like it might be losing steam and going low. Lower. So with the U.S. dollar going lower, that might help grain prices go up higher here because uh, the stock market is looking to kind of end June here on a, a really strong note. And uh, actually, July is one of the strongest months of the year for the S&P 500. So uh, if we see risk on for, you know, maybe some of the stock market type of uh, investments, we might see as well to uh, buying on, on the commodity side potentially. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca Two Saskatchewan residents have been named semi-finalists on the Canadian Cattle Association's Canadian Cattle Young Leaders Program. Brooke Martin grew up on a commercial cow-calf operation north of Piapot, and Levi Hurlbert is from Moose Jaw but grew up on a seed stock operation northwest of Saskatoon. Martin says she always loved being around cattle. I've always grown up loving animals and being out of town, really, I just love learning about um, the rangelands and how we can sustain the native rangelands. That's currently what I'm doing in my job right now. I went to school to be an environmental uh, reclamation technician, so I just love, love being outside and around animals and cattle and the people. Herbert currently works with JGL Livestock in the Canadian Cattle Buyers Credit Division based in Moose Jaw. He says he enjoys every aspect of the ag industry, especially the end product on the dinner table. Well, definitely the end product, uh, you know, sitting down with some family or friends and having a good steak is always a highlight, but every aspect of it I really enjoy. Um, there's so much to learn and 
so much. I, you think when you know something, you always get humbled and really learn that you don't know nearly as much as you thought. And it's really a lifelong industry that you can learn and keep growing in forever. Brooke and Levi will be attending the annual Canadian Young Leaders Competition taking place on August 15th during the Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Calgary. Youth Leadership Coordinator with the Canadian Cattle Association, Jessica Rideau, says the semifinalists will participate in judged roundtable discussions on beef industry-related topics. We've got a room set up of about five or six round tables, and at each of those round tables is a timely topic in the beef industry, whether that's uh, in the past has been about succession planning, uh, technology and innovation, animal health, uh, financial literacy, etc. And at each of those tables, along with the topic, is uh, some of our generous program sponsor representatives and industry stakeholders that help judge and facilitate these roundtable discussions on that topic. So they sit with their peers for about 25 minutes discussing these topics and then they rotate in a random order until they get through all of the tables. And although it seems like an intimidating process, we've had many people refer back to CYL selection as one of their highlights of being involved in the program. So we're really looking forward to it. She says the winners will be announced in the weeks following the conference, where they will earn a spot at next year's event, as well as being matched with a mentor. The winners will be awarded a spot in the upcoming program year, where they'll be matched with a mentor for a nine-month period in their specific area of interest in the beef industry, as well as granted a $2,000 budget to put towards various travel and to see their mentors or take in industry events and fund those types of learning opportunities, as well as some different travel and, and networking that comes up along the way that's also offered. Semifinalists were selected by a panel of judges who received 70 applications this year. Established in 2010, the Canadian Young Leaders Program welcomes young people between 18 and 35 years of age from across Canada involved in all aspects of the beef industry to build the next generation of leaders. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Faulkner of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce has joined B.C. Premier David Eby and federal ministers urging port workers and employers to find a way to avert a strike. It says the shutdown of Western Canadian ports would fuel inflation, increase costs for people and businesses, and seriously damage the economy. The union representing port workers in B.C. issued a 72-hour strike notice Wednesday, saying members are ready to take strike action tomorrow. It has said contracting out, port automation, and cost of living are key issues in the dispute. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau is in Italy, to take part in the biennial conference of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, otherwise known as FAO. During her outreach, she will also work with stakeholders to advance Canadian agriculture and agri-food trade and promote the safety and quality of Canadian exports. Minister Bebo is expected to be formally elected as chair of the FAO conference on its first day. Minister Bebo will be the first female agriculture minister to be in the role and the first Canadian to chair since 1997. 
The chair presides over the gathering of the full membership of the FAO, facilitating the exchange of views among all members as they work together towards global food security and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. The full FAO membership convenes every two years. The middle of the United States is extraordinarily dry. Crops are stressed, rivers are running low, and cities and towns are anxiously hoping for a break in the weather. Experts say it's the worst drought in the central U.S. since at least 2012. In some areas, it's drawing comparisons to the 1988 drought that devastated corn, wheat, and soybean crops. On Mike Shane's Illinois farm, corn should be standing 10 feet tall by now. He says it's barely to his waist. Reduced corn yields won't necessarily mean higher costs for consumers because much of it is used for feed, ethanol, or is exported. The real impact is on the farmers, whose cost per acre is the same regardless of how much they produce. Smaller meat and poultry operators in 17 U.S. states will receive $115 million in grants. The U.S. Department of Agriculture announced the funding Thursday. The grants are the latest in a series of awards President Joe Biden's administration has made that are intended to increase meat and poultry processing, benefiting farmers and providing more job opportunities in largely rural areas. The funding includes 10 awards to recipients in 12 states, totaling $77 million through a program that finances the startup or expansion of meat and poultry processing plants. The USDA has made five awards, totaling $38 million through a processing expansion program that will help independent producers in five states. Canopy Growth Corporation says it has completed the sale of its facility in Modesto, California. The cannabis company is selling some of its facilities as part of an organizational transformation announced last year to help cut spending. It says it has now sold five facilities for $81 million since April 1st. Canopy expects to raise up to $150 million from facility sales by September 30th. The company also announced the appointment of PKF O'Connor Davies LLP as its accounting firm and accepted the resignation of KPMG LLP from the role. Canopy says the move reflects a joint decision between the company and KPMG. The provincial government, in partnership with other organizations, is launching a new initiative to support the mental health of farmers while promoting farm safety in New Brunswick. As part of the initiative, a website has been developed as a hub where mental health and wellness training, tools and resources will be easily accessible. This comes after a 2021 University of Guelph research study found 76% of farmers said they were under moderate or high stress. The same study saw one in four Canadian farmers say they had had suicidal thoughts over the past two years. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today's sunny, then becoming partly cloudy this afternoon. Also some haze and a high of 30 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers overnight and a risk of a thunderstorm. Also hazy and a low of 18. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon with a risk of a thunderstorm. Winds from the west at 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon. High of 32, the low 17. Sunday, sunshine, high of 24, the low 11. Monday, sunshine, high of 24, the low 11 once again. Tuesday, increasing cloudiness, high of 19, the low 8. Wednesday, sunshine, high of 22, the low 11. Thursday, sunshine, high of 27 degrees. Normal highs for this period are around 25. Normal normal lows are at 11. Sun rose at 4.50 this morning, and the sun will set at around 9.14 tonight. Taking a look around the province, in Estevan and Yorkton, 26. Swift Current, 28. Saskatoon, 30. Weyburn, 27. Hot spot in the province is in Prince Albert at 30 degrees. Cold spot in Wasika at 16. In Regina, mostly cloudy. Winds from the southeast at 25 to 35 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 45%. Temperature at 27 degrees or 80 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.5 and falling. In Moose Jaw, some haze. South-southeast wind at 21. Temperature 29 degrees. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, southeast wind at 25 to 35, temperature 27 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. The Canola Council of Canada is inviting applications for year two of Canola for Our Advantage through a new digital portal opening. Agronomy specialist Warren Ward says the Canola for Our Advantage, funded through Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's On-Farm Climate Action Fund, offers financial support to growers as they initiate or advance for our nutrient stewardships, or stewardship rather, on their farms. Yeah, so anybody who would have used it last year, it's going to look a little bit different this year. We do have a different service provider, so uh, hopefully things are streamlined and, and convenient to use. And uh, the way uh, the way people will find that application portal is if they go to our canolacouncil.org website, and there will be a, a link on there to our For Our Advantage site as well. So it uh, should be pretty straightforward and, and uh, hopefully user-friendly for everybody to access. He says producers should be prepared when they log into the portal. Yeah, so there's a, a few things to to keep in mind, I guess. Um, I guess the first of all, there is a, there will be a link on there as well for a, a demonstration on how to how to fill out the uh, the forms, and and there's also a recorded webinar there. So hopefully, lots of resource information to to help fill things out properly. Now, in terms of what you need to to apply to the program, it's going to be very similar to uh, to how it was in in year one last year. Uh, the first step will be to have a four R plan that that a farm has developed in consultation with a designated four R agronomist. So, uh, I do believe uh, over the last year or, or year and a half, there's been quite a few. Uh, 
a new uh, agronomists getting their their designation to to be able to help uh, generate those plans. So hopefully that's easy easy enough to to find for a farm. Um, once you have that plan in place, then you can look at the BMPs that we're offering through the program. Uh, so that could be uh, looking at uh, soil testing, using an enhanced efficiency fertilizer uh, product, and um, and also uh, looking at uh, at some uh, opportunities for generating zone maps and and working with a consultant to do that. So so those are the three areas that we're funding. Uh, this year. Um, one slight difference from last year is that we did have a preferred application BMP, and that was when uh, when growers moved from applying their fertilizer in the fall to in the springtime banding it, or else a combination of banding in the spring and, and top dressing in season. What we needed for that one is a, is a higher fertilizer price in the spring than the fall, and uh, I think, uh, like everybody's aware, that didn't didn't happen this year. So we've actually not uh, we won't be taking applications on that one right now, just because that that price differential wasn't there. So a few a few changes from year one to year two of our program. He adds some decent funding is available for producers who meet the requirements of the program. I guess looking at some of the program details. So again, this is funded through the uh, through um, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's On-Farm Climate Action Fund, and uh, within that, um, there's a, up, uh, a farm can receive up to seventy-five thousand dollars total on this on this program. So that uh, keep in mind, we're not the only organization offering uh, 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 this type of program through the On-Farm Climate Action Fund. So between us and any other of the uh, on-farm uh, off-calf programs that you're involved in, that $75,000 limit is is what you the maximum you'd be able to receive. With our program in particular, uh, another change from year one to year two is we've uh, raised the limits in, in terms of how much each of these BMPs, uh, so whether it's soil testing or using enhanced efficiency fertilizer, for instance, uh, the maximum you can receive this year is 20,000 per BMP. And you can imply, apply for all three of the BMPs that we're offering. So um, lots of opportunities there, uh, regardless of the size of your farm, that um, that there should be some some options there for you to uh, to maximize uh, your, your uh, returns through the program. More information is on the canolacouncil.org website, where the 4R Advantage page can be found. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A serious lack of rain so far this year is resulting in another county in Alberta declaring an agricultural disaster. Foothills County, just south of Calgary, made the declaration following a meeting this week. Foothills, along with other counties in the region, suffered the same fate in the widespread drought of 2021, but managed to salvage crops last year thanks to heavy rain in June. But this year, the rain didn't come, and the situation is bleak. Some parts of the county have seen less than 35% of average annual rainfall. Many of those same areas of southern Alberta are also dealing with grasshoppers. Spokesman with the Agriculture Canada said recently, could be one of the worst years for hoppers in Alberta in about two decades. Crop specialist Harry Brooks says it's turning into a really bad year for cutworms. You don't have to look hard to find them. Heck, you can see it from 60, you know, going 60 miles an hour, <laughs> half a mile away. 
It, it tends to show up on some of the little hillocks and knolls. You'll see these bare patches, and they're they're uneven bare patches. It's not like like in the springtime we had some cases where it, the canola seeded into some dry dirt, so you get places where it didn't emerge. But when I go up to these mole, these knolls, you can sort of see they're uneven margined. And there is nothing grow, no canola growing. So if it was stranded seed, you would start to see some little seedlings coming because we had some moisture the last little while. But none of that, you know, I've checked in the soil. There's no seeds left. They're gone. All you got left are the little blue shells. So you can find cutworms in a few places I have. You know, and they're the typical C shape where they're curled up. But uh, we're, we should be pretty much out of the cutworm season right now because they should be ending towards the end of June here. Thank goodness. And talking to a few guys, too, I've been seeing that um, last year they had a few cutworm. I mean, it wasn't real bad, but it looks like the population just sort of exploded. And there was it was a good winter, obviously, for survivability. So we're seeing just huge populations, uh, a lot of redbacks, a lot of western, pale western cutworms. I kind of think that um, the cutworms this year have really taken the profitability out of canola. That's crop specialist Harry Brook. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $16.80 to $741.22 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up $5.32 at $375.74. The rest were unchanged. Durham $396.61. Feed barley $340.61. Chickpeas $1036.17. Flax $501.98. Lentils $732.50. Oats 245.32, yellow peas 351.61, feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up 12 and, uh, and a half cents at $8.38 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt reporting with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. We had 562 head on offer at a Tuesday regular sale this last week, with lots of cows showing up, which got the market just a touch lower. Good cows are $1.42 to $1.52 with sales up to $1.61. The medium cows are $1.30 to $1.41. Good bulls traded from $1.63 to $1.73. There is no sale here this coming week, July 4th. Office will be closed July 3rd to the 7th. Our next sale here is Tuesday, July 11th. That's the update for the week. Hope everyone has a great Canada Day weekend. This is Travis Platt reporting from Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. The latest pork prices are at $220.26 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. 
and Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The head of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association is concerned that the British Columbia Port Workers Union has served strike notice for possible job action on Saturday. Brian Kingston says a threatened work stoppage at the Port of Vancouver, Canada's busiest port, will have significant negative consequences for automotive supply chains in Canada and across North America. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce says it's also deeply disturbed about the union strike notice. It's calling on the federal government to use all the tools in its toolbox to prevent a walkout. It says the shutdown of Canadian ports would fuel inflation further and increase costs for people and businesses and seriously damage the economy. Speaking of the economy, it remained essentially unchanged in April, following a slight uptick in March. And Stats Canada's advance estimate suggests real gross domestic product grew 0.4% in May, led by the manufacturing and wholesale trade sectors. The figure was lower than expected as services producing industries were unchanged, while goods producing industries edged up 0.1%. The economy is expected to stall in the latter half of this year, and even potentially enter a downturn. On the markets, the TSX is up 221 points to 20,134. The Dow is up 279 points to 34,402. Oil is up 66 cents at $70.52 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 75.60 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice long weekend. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.